And good afternoon, everybody. This is Vinny Maletti, broadcasting directly from Valhalla Studios, delivered using the heaviest microphone in law, located in Brooklyn, New York, the unofficial center of the country. This is, again, Vinny Maletti, the partner and founder of Maletti Law and the self-proclaimed most jacked here in NYC. And this is the Maletti Law Podcast. At some point in the future, there will be things like music and entry songs. Right now, this is a very rudimentary um, first level podcast. Just introduce myself. Um, bringing to you the evolution of law, current events, answering all your legal questions, concerns as legal services, businesses, and your general day-to-day legal issues. This will serve as the introductory podcast, the first of many I plan on having over time. The purpose of these podcasts really is to more introduce myself to you, um, answer a lot of your questions directly. Um, you guys and gals have legal questions, non-legal questions, um, issues, concerns, having to do with a whole majority, whole um, litany of items, whether it be regulation, whether it be you know, um, general guidance in business, uh, whatever the case may be. And I am here to answer all your questions. And this is, I feel, is probably the best forum to... Uh, convey the message simply because it gets to the entire crowd of people and it gets really out there more so than I would be doing otherwise just by responding to individual emails. I usually do keep my um, blogs. I blog often, but for those of you that don't want to read the blogs, no problem. I'm here. Talk to me. All right. So let's get down to it. Um, really, this is just an introductory. This is really just an introduction to Maletti Law. Uh, what Maletti Law is. I'll give you a brief background on myself. I mean, I'll go through all the uh, substantive questions. You remember this from elementary school, the who, what, where, why, how, etc., everything like that of Maletti Law and what's going on. So without any further ado, let's get right down to it. Question number one, who is Vinnie Maletti? Vinnie Maletti, yours truly, is the self-proclaimed most jacked attorney in NYC, um, the heaviest lifting attorney in NYC. Um, Historically, I was, now it might be hard to believe for all of you, historically I was a construction worker. Um, over the years from construction, I happened to do really well in school after being a high school dropout. And then I suddenly became, um, I, don't know, I went to law school. Um, I did really well in corporate America, knock on wood. Um, I, I guess in down the road, I became this fantastic attorney you see today. Um, that's really bad. Uh, let me back up for a second and respond to this. Oh, and by the way, you'll know that I don't edit things. So either I'm explaining it clearly or I'm not because <laughs> I don't I don't edit. All right. And I really need an outline. I really don't have an outline. Um, okay, so a brief background. So I was a construction worker growing up. I was a high school dropout. I hated high school, hated school. Um, it wasn't that I was stupid. It was just I just wasn't really into it. Uh, I was five year, took me five years to graduate high school. I wound up going back after I had a professor, Ira Levy, who really pushed me to do it. I was originally going to just drop out and never go back. I wound up working at Key Food for one week. I got a $97 check for like 40 hours worth of work, and it was just not happening. So I left. I wasn't interested in that. Wound up going back to school. This guy, Ira Levy, wound up challenging me a little bit. He was like an animal science veterinary teacher. I wound up taking it and going in. Boom. Done. Graduated five years. Life is good. Didn't want to go to college. My great advisor at the time, I can't remember her name. She was like, look, you really should be going to some kind of school. I set you up for Kingsborough for your community college. Okay, great. Kingsborough, Borough by the Bay. I'm taking these headphones off. These are useless. Um, Kingsborough, Borough by the Bay. Um, so I wound up doing that. That was fun. I wound up getting like a 3.925 GPA. 
Um, I absolutely didn't care to go to classes or whatever. I just basically just kind of went there, went to the beach, went to the gym, lifted, and then went to school. I mean, that's all I did. I took my test and that was it. All right, so then after that, we went to our four-year, went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice, did really well there too. Wound up getting a degree in sociology um, and criminal justice. I The only reason why I picked sociology was simply because it sounded really smart. Um, it had an ology at the end of it. So that was definitely something I wanted to do. I wanted to do something that sounded really smart but not really do anything that required much work because that's why I rolled growing up. So let's fix that camera a little bit and boom. All right. So that was that. Uh, my final year of law school, I'll never forget it. Uh, O'Donnell was like, wow, you know, he did really good. And he taught, he did like, like um, entry introduction to law. So he was like, wow, you did really good. You ever think about taking the LSAT and going to be an attorney? And I was like, nah, bro, I don't really care. I don't want to go to school. School sucks. Went home. My wife fought me on it too. She was like, ah, I, was, I, I had registered for my master's in public administration. Really excited. I was going to go there. I bought the books. I did the classes. Um, my wife was like, you know, you really should do this law school thing. You really should try the LSAT. You had a really high grade. Blah, 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 blah. I was furious, angry. No, you hate me. You never support me. Um, you always want me to do my, you know, you never want me to like do what I do and enjoy. Um, whatever the nonsense is. Uh, we're on the fighting over it as usual because that's how I roll. Totally irrational. Angry. Scream at everything. And then 30 seconds later, also like how I roll, I wound up getting over it pretty quickly. She went to Bally's, had a cardio session, asked me what I did while she was away. And I said, oh, that was easy. All I did was I, um, you know, took myself out of my master's program and I registered for the LSAT. Yay. And that's what it was. So that's how I operate my life usually. Very impulsive. Um, nothing really planned. Nothing really strategic. I just kind of go where life goes. And went to law school after that. I took the um, LSAT the first time around. Did terrible. I thought it was just going to be multiple choice. That's very easy. Wound up beating the shit out of me. Um, and then at that point, now it was a fight. Um, I didn't feel like hearing that shit that I was going to get my ass kicked by the LSAT. So I wound up studying every single day. I got a better grade. Um, I got better grades. I wound up going to New York Law School. I did really well in New York Law School. I did good in all my classes except for my writing classes. Why? Because I'm a dick. Um, in my lecture classes, I did fantastic. I got all A's. I studied hard. I did really well. I met a, kid named, a guy named Lawrence who was really helpful in guiding my life and kind of taking my... Um, kind of taking my gigantic, tremendous um, outlines I used to write and my upset, my excessive workload, and he was really able to distill it down to like 10 pages, and together combined, um, we wound up getting like all A's in our lecture classes. I don't know how he did it in his writing classes. I did very poorly in my writing classes. Why? Because... I would finish the writing paper in like a week into the semester. The teacher would be like, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, let me take a look at it and mark it up and I'll hand it back to you. And then I would go, no, 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 no. This is an A paper. You just don't know how to read. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and, you know, naturally he gave me back the paper, marked it up. He said, hey, you could get a second round. And, you know, my response was, no, you're not understanding, bro. There is no second round here. So long story short, that didn't go well. And I want, that was my C classes. Um, I was definitely not an A student there. So, you know, so much for that. Um, whatever, I wound up graduating law school, wound up graduating pretty good GPA, except I was taken down terribly by my writing classes, wound up working in corporate America, did really good in corporate America. Um, 
But my problem with corporate America, as you could probably already tell, I don't have the personality. Um, I don't have the accent for it. I don't have the attitude. I don't have the temperament. Where my work product is good, my I have no class. I'm kind of like school on a Sunday for these people in corporate America. I don't know. So, you know, so much for that, right? So Vinny always had to be um, that drummer, right? That had to move the beat of his own drum, I think the uh, quote is. The slogan. So I always moved to be my own drum. I always kind of made, paved my own way. Um, I never had anybody else's way. And I mean, honestly, the legal industry kind of permitted me to do that because it gave me um, kind of like a path and it gave me some legitimacy into, you know, being taken seriously as like someone who could actually assist with a business, assist with thinking, assist with critical thinking, etc. So uh, not, I mean, it was a great, you know, great transaction. It was a very long time. Went to school for 30 years. Um, <laughs> 38 now, so, you know, whatever. Oh, here we are. Okay, so what is Maletti Law, right? So check this out. So in 2012, I decided to go into private practice. Um, I started really focusing on some private practice material. I actually hated, um, at first it was cute, but toward the end, I actually despised our traditional legal um, practice. Traditional legal is what you expect legal to be. It is your, um, it's kind of like your, uh, you know, brick and mortar of your legal field. It's your litigation, going to court, um, representing clients in a courtroom, suing people, um, going to trial, blah, 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 blah. I, I, you know, it was cute at first, but I actually despise it. I, the issues you fight over are very silly. Um, I, at least in my opinion, they're very silly. And I think what happens is people's hearts harden and they don't really, they, they kind of like, they lose the big picture. Um, they lose the reason why you're there and, uh, you know, in, a, in the legal field, right? It's really, so legal is everywhere. Law is everywhere, right? Law is in basically every aspect of your life, you know, whether it be employment, whether it be intellectual property, whether it be, you know, training, insurance, whether it be just contracts, just talking to people, data security, privacy, anything, internet, e-commerce, anything you do, talking to a government agent, anything you do, um, the law permeates in it. So, I mean, there's law everywhere. And in my opinion, you know, where law, sh where the, where law should be supportive of the business and industry you're in, it really sometimes isn't the case. Sometimes it takes the, the life of the world its own and it just continues to go on. And ultimately people, you know, people lose sight of what the actual end game is because they get so caught up in litigation, they get so caught up in the legal, they get so caught up in the legal world. You know, there's a story about an Italian family um, and, you know, being a Brooklyn Guinea, uh, this is a, one of the stories that I had growing up. So there was an Italian family. Uh, everybody came over from Italy. Dad was a longshoreman. Wound up doing really well in business. Died with five million dollars in his estate. Left each child five million dollars in his estate. Uh, I'm sorry. Left each child a million dollars. He had five children. So each got a million dollars in his five million estate. And the one thing that he didn't allocate upon his death was Dad's dinner seat at the Dad's the head of the dinner table. Dad's chair. So Nona always has. Nona always has. The best chair at the table that's just what it is it's it's i have one inside my kitchen this is like all all italian american men in your families have a great big dinner table 
and you, it, and you have a nice dinner chair, and dad always sits at the seat of the table, his wife always sits at the right hand, because it's, it's a Catholic, it's a, it's a Roman Catholic, it's a religious thing, it's a right hand of the father, it's just how it is, get over it, it's not stereotyping, it's science, okay? So, this family, um, no one determined when dad died who was going to do what with the dinner table. So what had happened was the kids wound up getting into litigation over it. Um, you know, little, little, uh, little Johnny boy sued little, Mar sued little Kerry. Uh, Kerry sued little Vincenzo. Vincenzo sued little Carmenuch. Little Carmenuch sued little Dominic and so forth. And, the part and everybody kept suing each other. And... What had happened was they ultimately lost sight of what the real end game was. They couldn't come to a negotiation. They wound up getting brought up in the legal services realm and they dwindled their each $1 million state on legal fees. And that was the end of it. Everything dwindled and they sold and went away. What happened to the chair? I don't know. But the point of the story is traditional legal services to me were very boring, not really exciting. Um, they it, it really hinders law. Uh, I'm sorry, it really hinders business. It really hinders progress. And quite honestly, I'm just it's just it's something that I'm really not excited. We do it, <laughs> but it's something I'm not really interested in. So Maletti Law um, actually, you know, was established with. Uh, our local clients in mind. So what the original intent of Maletti Law was to provide in-house counsel legal services at an affordable price to local bros and girls in the neighborhood in Brooklyn. So small Brooklyn business owners, you know, um, small Brooklyn business owners would be able to have the opportunity to have really good legal services, um, in-house legal services at a fraction of price. I charge a very low fee. Um, but the only caveat to that was you needed to put me on every conversation, every correspondence that you had, and that was going to be the that was going to be the agreement. For the most part, what I used to do was I used to have a, a little I used to have my clients make a little Gmail suite. They would put me on as legal at whatever company they were on, and then that's how I would roll originally. So that's really where it started. Um, but you know, like all things, look, evolution happens. People grow. Then what had happened was my smaller local Brooklyn bros started getting very big. Um, so no longer were they making less than you know hundred thousand in gross sales, and you believe now they were making some serious substantial money, and you know now they started getting bigger and their problems you know more money more problems their problems started getting larger right so now now you become targets you know you have a little bit of money in your pocket. Now suddenly somebody out of nowhere comes to say, hey, you owe me money for infringement or hey, you know, this was my idea or hey, don't you owe me this or hey, don't you owe me that because now you've got money. So now you're a target. Um, and that really is what happened with a lot of them. In response to that, I started developing further. You know, I was always the type to just want to take on new challenges. So I was like, okay, listen, if that's really where we're going, let me buy this service. Let me buy that service. Let me get this program. Let me get that program. Let me get this platform, that platform. And ultimately, as we continued to grow and grow and grow, my practice continued to grow and grow and grow and became more and more complex and more and more experienced. You know, so ultimately, while we had systems in place designed for smaller businesses, what in reality started happening was the firm started growing to a point where it was being where we were able to handle much larger, better, um, much larger and more complicated business entities and enterprises. So that's essentially, you know, that's essentially where we are now. So we're at a we're at a point in time now, where due to all the years of experience, um, we actually had to grow. We actually had to um, become more advanced. We had to have websites. We had to have more social media. Um, we had to be out there more. 
just simply because just that's just the way um, the business started pulling. We, I as a business model have always wanted to, whenever an opportunity opens, I want to jump into it. There's very few areas of law I don't enjoy, right? So um, those that I do enjoy, I want to jump into it. I want to grow with them. I want to be an entrepreneur with them. And that's just how it is. Um, so that's essentially where Maletti Law, um, that's where Maletti Law started from smaller beginnings. Now that we're a little bit larger, um, I'm realizing that there is this whole other side of law that is not traditional legal services. Like this entire other side of law that has more to do with, um, you know, kind of like outside of the courtroom events, right? So for instance, a perfect example would be maybe you want an alternative dispute resolution, right? Some kind of mediation service. Seminars, doing seminars for employees um, or doing seminars for your clients discussing a legal issue or discussing some category, some categorical business endeavor they want to get into that requires, um, that requires a large leap into understanding the litigate, the law behind it. So for instance, emissions parts, right? Let's say you want to get into emissions parts. There's a tremendous body of law on the Clean Air Act and, um, you know, various state agencies, tremendous body of law that you should know and be familiar with before you want to get into these things. Let's say you want to do employment law, tremendous body of law with the EEOC, with the state agencies that really guide on what you do. And a lot of times, you know, writing emails isn't the most effective way doing memorable seminars where your clients know who you are, where they see your face, they hear your voice, you know, they interact with you. That's really a kind of like a better way. Formal training is another way, question and answer forums, perhaps legal advocacy, perhaps let's say sometimes you don't have a great, you, you don't, you know, you don't have a very good lobby in Washington. You want to change something. We offer those kind of services, you know, I mean, that is something that we can do. Let's say, you know, unrelated to our firm, you see other people doing, say for the fitness industry, that's becoming very big right now. So the fitness industry has their own, they're not lobbyists yet, but they will be ultimately once they become, once they get more national um, mainstream appeal and visibility, the, the you know, the app, the, um, the auto parts, the aftermarket auto parts industry has one, the racing industry has one. I mean, the supplement industry has one. A, a lot of industries have these and you can have them too, right? At some point that might be where you want to go. Um, and also a lot of times just having support services, you know? The fact of the matter is, you know, being in the legal field for as many years as I've been in, doing as many things as I've done, you know, I have a lot of experience and a lot of things that most people don't have, right? I've, I've had the, you know, rather fortunate, I, I say for, rather fortunate because for my client's part, it was unfortunate, but I, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to do things like fight with the, you know, FBI, you know, fight with the EEOC, fight with Amazon, fight with go to court with large carriers and go to court with you know large automotive companies i mean they just i i've been very fortunate for the experiences in my life and a lot of times with that experience for the person that's not involved in law for just the business owner it's great to have that level of sophistication with you and specificity so that's also one of the, and, and to me, that's really where the evolution of law becomes. It's really more of your local, small, medium-sized business-based services offered, services that are non-traditional 
in the legal sense that are outside of the courtroom. You know, my firm will take on a lot of things that most lawyers won't take on simply because it's it doesn't seem as a profit as a profitable endeavor as a lucrative endeavor. Um, it's relatively small value compared to others, right? So some of the larger firms might only want to work for a big uh, a big insurance company or let's say a big client. I don't know, maybe they want to work for AIG, maybe they take that kind of contract, but I would take the contract of the smaller people because in my eyes, the smaller people will eventually grow together. They won't be small for long, okay? There are proven, you in this world, I'm convinced that this is the case, that the more you push, you will do better, you will do fine. So I'm not particularly nervous for them. So I don't mind jumping in with the smaller, with the smaller company, um, you know, with the shorter, workload with smaller workload because at the end of the day it's it's going to get larger we're going to develop together and you're going to eventually make more money and grow so i'm not particularly worried about that um so next question i had here for you know the viewers is so where does Maletti law operate i am primarily in new york i do new york and new jersey i don't know why i'm beeping um that's unusual i mean somebody must have emailed me um, yeah, so I primarily threw me off. <laughs> so I work in New York, New Jersey. Um, for the most part, I'm I, I like to stay as local as possible. I do have uh, a lot of experience in California, ton of experience in California. Ironically, I probably should be barred in California. I probably, should, <laughs> I mean, that's probably where I, I probably should be because when I really think about it, like a tremendous part of my workload is in the People's Republic of California. Uh, other other areas I work in, I do some work in Florida as well. Florida, not so much because the laws down there are kind of like they're really pro business, and most of my clients are business. So Florida is a little bit easy to handle. So I don't have that much going down in Florida. Um, so that's really it, basically. So New York, New Jersey, um, California, a little bit of Florida. Those are the most. Those are the most places. Those are the places that I most frequently perform services in. Um, so that's really the most where I operate. Physically, I'm located in New York. Physically, I'm located in Jersey. I have offices in two states, and that's where we are with that. All right, so the next question I had, I didn't have a real outline of that question. So the next question I wanted to go through kind of like was how do we service our client base? Depends on your size. So if you're one of a small, and, and what you're looking for, right? If you, we could certainly do traditional legal services. You could retain us on a retainer. We can represent you in court. We could do, you know, we could file motions. We could file pleas. We can collect money. We can do whatever you want us to do. We can do anything that any kind of a law firm does. We have a tremendous network of other attorneys, tremendous network of vendors. I've been in this industry now since 2009. Um, no, 2007. I've been in the... I've been in the legal industry since 2007. I've been a lawyer since 12, but I've been in the industry since 2007. I have like 13 years of finding, of like literally networking and vendors, and I have a tremendous Rolodex. So that is one of the ways we could serve. That's one of the ways we like to service is we provide you with a tremendous network. Really beneficial for small and medium-sized companies because you likely don't have that at your smaller or medium size. Uh, another way we, if you're, again, if also if you're a small and medium-sized company, what I would usually do is I would have you, like I mentioned before, you have the G Suite account, legal at whatever your business is, and then it would direct, I would I would integrate my system directly with that, and then I would serve as your in-house general counsel. It's a very easy, very clean way to get my services on there to, for me to be able to watch and work out for you. Um, I've always operated on, and I've always operated on a principle, a principle of speaking freely my, my goal is to have my client base speak freely to me 
speaking freely means you could say whatever you want to say. Everything is always confidential. My bro code of confidence is far more greater than my legal code of confidence. Um, and also speak freely means you can call me at 3 a.m. And that doesn't mean that I'm billing you extra or the case may be. I, I, you, the, this is a partnership. I look at every opportunity to work with a client as a partnership. I don't, it's not, it's not a task-based thing. I, I'm looking for long-term relationships with you. I'm looking for growing with you and I want to be able to service in a way that you've never received service before. I want to be able to provide a service where you feel so comfortable with me that you could fight me like a brother. Uh, you know, you could fight me like a family member. You could argue with me. You could, you know, you can call me at anything. You can call me for any piece of advice you want, whatever the case is. That's really the kind of the basis I'm looking for. I, I don't, as you can see from the way I'm dressed, which is why I wanted to be on video. Um, as you can see the way I'm dressed, I'm not particularly the most professional attorney in the world and I do that intentionally. Um, this Malady Law has always sought to be unique. I've always sought to be down to earth. You know, I, it all goes by our guiding principles. I've always, you know, if you look at the website, you see the professional, we call it the peer method, right? Professionalism, experience, efficient, and simply being real, okay? It's the peer method. With the peer method is how I deliver my product to all my clients. We service our clients professionally with a tremendous amount of experience. We service efficiently. There's no waste, there's little waste as possible. And quite frankly, I give it to you real. I give it to you raw and I don't give a shit a lot. Of, you know, I will tell you when your law sucks. I will tell you when your case sucks. I will tell you when you have a case. I will tell you when you're doing great. I will tell you when you look like shit in your clothing. I will tell you, you know, when you smell, when you come into my office. I don't care. The whole purpose is, is this is a, this is more than just a pay-for-play service, I am trying to build a long-term relationship with you. I want to know about your eating habits. I want to know about your gym working out. You know, I want you to tell me this between, you know, I don't know, between litigation with people. You know, this is this is what I'm trying to shoot for. So this is my intention. So I like to call it the PM method. Um, again, by servicing our clients professionally with a substantial amount of experience, efficiently, and just simply being real to our clients, we expect to get great results every time and to really excel in everything that we do. The next question is what areas of law does Malady Law specialize in? So every attorney, when you go to law school, you get your general academic diploma and then you wind up finding out where you wanna go. When I first started, I first started in employment law. Employment law and insurance coverage is where I wanted to go. Um, I absolutely, absolutely love legal branding and intellectual property. And in fact, that's a term coined by one of my very close friends that I do business with. Um, I will leave her name out until she tells me it's cool to say her name, but she ultimately coined the term, two terms, legal branding and legal HR. And when she's cool with me disclosing her commentary and who she is, then I will disclose it. But I mean, this is really what I love doing so when it comes to legal branding, you have to understand there is a substantial amount of um, tools, legal tools that you could use to protect your brand, trademarking, you could stop them at the border, patents, copyright, um, you know, NDAs, other kinds of poor man NDAs. I mean, there, there, were just, there are so many things that you can do to protect your brand. And there are a lot of things you could do to automate it. So for instance, um, registering uh, at the Customs and Border Patrol. So if you have parts, 
you know, China can't manipulate them, right? China can't um, infringe on them and sell them in. I mean, there are so many things you can do to um, go ahead and ensure your um, ensure that your legal branding and ensure that your brand and your, your brand is safe at all times. And honestly, branding and marketing is one of my most favorite things. I mean, like, honestly, I could talk about branding and marketing all the time. I love it. Every single time I think of bringing a product to market, I have a, a certain paradigm. I think about a certain structure. I think about there's like five key elements, you know, where to get the cost. How do we transport it? Who do we transport with? Is there, a, is there a power of attorney? You know, where do we store it? Where do we locate it? How do we fulfill it? I mean, there, there are so many things just beyond the concept of the cost of the product. And, and and then you gotta you know then you gotta do the design. What does the design convey? What's the what's the look and feel of the product? How do we convey the look and feel of the product? How do we protect that look and feel of the product? Do we keep that along all our products? What's the image you are giving when you are branding, you are and marketing, you are giving life, you are creating a baby, you are giving birth to this once intangible thing and you are making it tangible where someone can touch it and feel it and they know it and they love it. Think about Pepsi. If you're in the middle of a desert, right? Let's say you lived in New York City for a mil- for 100 years. And then now I took you for another 100 years. I dropped in the middle of the desert. So now you're 200 years out. You know, you're in the desert. You're thirsty. You're dry. Your throat is killing you. And you see that little circle with the red and the blue. Uh, what, what color is Pepsi? Red and blue. And the first thing that comes to your mind is Pepsi. And, and that brand is so strong. You start, you actually can taste the soda just by looking at the image. That is branding. That is, that is when you have reached the pinnacle. They call that secondary meaning, but honestly, that is primary meaning. If this email and these messages do not stop, I'm going to kill somebody. I get a lot of comments. I need to find out in future podcasts how to turn that shit off. So, I lost my train of thought. But fact of the matter is, love branding. So where are we? All right. So let's go down the laundry list. There's employment and labor law, which is what I was like kind of born to do. But I kind of like, meh. I mean, I still do it. I'm still very good at it. I just had a couple of questions today that I keep smoking it. Intellectual property and branding. Again, legal branding. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's the. It's just the happiest thing I do in law. Um, transportation, warehouse and fulfillment. There are a lot of issues with distribution, with the supply chain. You see it now with COVID just basically destroying everything around us, you know, and as a business, you need to be able to have things in place and infrastructure in place to prevent against um, the harm caused by things like this, by, you know, supply chain disruption. So that's another thing we specialize in distribution chain, supply chain, transportation, warehouse and fulfillment. We do compliance and products training. Um, businesses must be compliant. They must be able to meet the statutory code and regulations with the Clean Air Act, with the FDA, you know, with the EP, with the EPA, with CARB. I mean, you know, the FTC, the DEA. I mean, there are a slew of agencies that you, whatever you're selling, they regulate. Listen, it's the federal government. If they can write, if they can tax it, they will tax it. If they can tax regulate, they will tax it regulated. If there's money to be made by taking money from you, they will do it. So you just need to be one step ahead of the game from them. Um, we offer those kind of services, products compliance training. Also, another thing I kind of like done for years is insurance and uh, risk management portfolios. I've been doing that for years, professional liability, financial services, risk management. Um, you know, this firm will actually, we can conduct a full audit on your company, what you have and create custom products for you um, through risk management services. We can create captive coverage uh, situations. We can create um, portfolios for you. I mean, there's a lot of things we can do with mitigating risk, more so than just um, looking at the law, but rather tools that you can purchase or tools you can secure that will help mitigate risk in the long term. 
so that's good we also do i i mean I've, i mean like every lawyer i do business law commercial and transactions and contracts um i do it's, it's known as contract review but you know here's where Maletti law differs from the rest of them it's not for us it's not contract review it's a living breathing document it's not you just get the contract you sign the contract you kick it out it's you get the contract you prepare the contract from scratch you cater it to what you enjoy and as you get feedback and your developments you modify the contract contracts at Melody law are living breathing documents there is no way about it we are not fast food we do not make fast food sandwiches for you this is not mcdonald's no offense to mcdonald's this is not mcdonald's this is no other thing like that we make quality documentation that will withstand the test of time and will be modified to the test of time you should not be having canned shit okay you are a unique business you are a unique business with a unique brand and a unique business with a unique brand needs a unique contract and a unique product boom we do internet retail and e-commerce services um we do data security and privacy the ccpa we're specialties in that we're specialists in that i mean we have basically just i you know in i have historically I have just eaten the CCPA live. I I am part of um I'm part of the notification committee in California. They send me my legal letters every month that they're changing everything again because Silicon Valley and the key power players, a big tech, get to do whatever they want to do. They put me on notice of that, and every month when I see one of those letters, I almost die inside because I think I'm getting sued because it's typically a four thousand page document. So we do data security and privacy. Um, and again, going back to my business partner, who she remain on this, she will, be, she will remain confidential until she says it's cool. But she has coined the term legal HR, legal human resources. Essentially, long story short, human resources will always have a legal component. If you think for one second you will have an HR department without an attorney, you are a fool and you will be losing money in the long run. Every time an employee emails you, sends you a text message, talks to you, is a potential lawsuit and litigation. And I know it sucks, and I know you, you think you don't need it because you want to save money, but you will be hurt in the long run. You know, you need to, I mean, we're talking about even from entry level to super senior C-level management and situations of just health benefits, payrolls, PTO, executive compensations, bond structures, any kind of employment agreements, boarding packages, training, everything. Every single thing requires a touch of legal because what happens is you say the wrong thing and you get stuck, especially if you're in a place like the People's Republic of New York or the People's Republic of California, where it is where you'd be surprised what's against the law. If you see somebody unemployed in New York and you go to him during the meeting, and you say, hey, well, I just noticed that you have like a two year um, hiatus here on your resume. Why is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you discriminated against me for being unemployed? You know, and that's that's the reality of the situation. So we want to avoid that shit. So you contract with Maletti Law and Maletti Law oversees all the human resources stuff, your legal HR. Um, you know what's funny? This podcast is running a little bit longer, so I am actually I'm not gonna repeat. I did have one of the questions um that was gonna enable me to rub my back more on legal branding and marketing, which is my favorite, absolute favorite thing on the planet to do. Um, so I'm not I'm not gonna go into that. I'll save that for another podcast because I, I didn't realize how long we're getting. You know, a buddy of mine said I only want to go 30 minutes. I originally wanted to go one hour. I am compromising. I'm going to go 40 minutes per podcast. So 40 minutes, guys and gals, 40 minutes. So I'll go through the last three talking points. Um, just kind of like ancillary comments that you, I figured the viewer would want to hear. You know, kind of like say like projections for the future. You know, where do we intend on being? I actually intend on being in business with all of you. 
Um, that's my goal. My goal is to grow with all of you. My goal is to have a very wide, complex spider web in my neighborhood, in, or in New York and New Jersey for that matter, of interconnected businesses, um, everybody kind of working together. There are plenty of there's plenty of money to make out there, and I would like my team of independently owned businesses and all my all my customers and clients, I would like them to all at least at some point in time understand that we have a tremendous network, um, very large network, a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of different vendors. We can all service together. There's plenty of money made out there. We just gotta be able to make it and bring it home to us. Um, and that's ultimately, that's where I see for my future, for the future of the law firm, for the future of Maletti Law, I see growing with all of you. I see continuously getting bigger and bigger and bigger and taking on more and more projects. I see in my eyes, I see less um, going to court, I see less litigation, and I see more cooperation, and I see more business agreements between each other. So that's how I'm looking at it. That's my scope on it. I see the enemy is always going to be the government. The government, through their regulations, is always going to be the enemy. If you followed my blogs, you know I cannot stand Emperor, Emperor Cuomo. I think he's a complete and total piece of shit. I think that, you know, and I don't want to make this a, I don't want to make this a soapbox about how much I can't stand the guy, but I can't stand the guy. Um, I've never seen anything like this in my life. So whatever, people like this are the enemy. Um, you need as a free, you know, as a free American, as a free human being in a free market that we're supposed to have in laissez-faire capitalism, you need to be able to run your business without fear that a government's going to come out of nowhere and oppress you and, you know, regulate you to death. And that's what I'm here for. We will be one step ahead of them. We will never let them get us. And ultimately, through our eventual gigantic network that we have, that's what my intention is. Ultimately, in the future, to have that all combined, we form like Voltron, and we just bang out the rest. Um, another question is, you know, that I wanted to point out is, you know, what's our commitment to you in terms of supporting current and future cost, customers? You know, guys and girls, I will grow. <laughs> I don't care. If there is something that you need to do, if there is... You know, something you want to get into as a company. If I could find the way to, to standardize it and operationalize it and add it to the firm and integrate it with the firm, I will. If you need a notary stamp, well, I'm a notary, but I'm just saying, if you need like a special form of notary, if you need a special account, if you need a special business structure, if you need something, I plan to, my, I plan to use as many tools as I can to get you where you need to be as a business and to make sure you have all your needs met. I, what that's the whole purpose of this aggregate platform that we have here at Maletti Law. The whole purpose of this aggregate platform is to understand and appreciate the network value that we, the value we have in our network and in our communications with others, and we continue to benefit and grow and help each other. So th this is how I look at it. I everything that you ask me, everything you submit into me, I see as another form of an ability to grow and get more developed. And that's about it for now because we're really coming across um, we're really coming across the hard time right now. It is now 39 minutes well 38 minutes into the podcast. Uh, you know I would like to end this here. So I will leave it at this. Look, thank you for your time. Um, I hope this introduction was helpful. I hope it gave you a really good overview and introduction of who we are and what we plan on doing. And I plan on working with all of you at some point in the future. Um, thank you for your time. I always appreciate it. I will take all comments. I love all comments. I will take my email is vmaletti at malettilaw.com. By all means, pepper me. Give me requests. I'm, I, I, my goal is, I, is to respond to requests through podcasts as you ask questions to make it interactive. So by all means, please continue to pepper me. Um, we always will be podcasting directly from 
from Valhalla Studios. I will deliver every message using the heaviest microphone in the law. We will always be located in Brooklyn, New York, which is the unofficial center of the country, but should be the center of the country. And this was Vinny Maletti, the partner founder of Maletti Law and the most jacked attorney in NYC. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining a part of the podcast. Um, and I'm super proud and happy to give you this, deliver this first podcast and to bring to you the evolution of law, current events, answering any questions that you all may have with legal services, business needs, general day-to-day business issues, and uh, critical questions in life such as why do hot dogs come in packs of 10 and hot dog buns come in packs of 8? When someone is able to understand that question, then we will look to that person as a firm leader of the planet because that person is a genius. I'm ranting. So everybody, enjoy your day. I hope you enjoy your holidays. Um, As always, you know, yours in love, life, lifting, and law. Eat big, train hard, get huge, and when you die, leave a big casket behind and always be unusually motivated. Peace, everybody. Have a good day.